Okay, everybody, uh, welcome to This Week in Startups. Earnings season is starting up again, and so we're doing another new show because there's so much of it. Yeah, and uh, we'll be covering all of these different uh, earnings and looking at the why behind it. And first up today, we have Netflix showing a huge loss in net subscribers for the first time ever. Stock down 35% now. Oof, what a miss. Absolutely brutal. We have a great conversation about Netflix's content strategy and where they might have gone wrong. We have a lot of thoughts. I'm just saying we're here for uh, to be put on retainer because we got ideas for you. And then Jason, and trust me, you want to stay for this. Jason goes ahead and pitches Jared Kushner's leaked VC deck. That is a real thing that I just said, unlike everything that is said in the pitch deck. Uh, it's the worst pitch deck ever done, and I have a hard time getting through it. I mean, it's the craziest word salad, but he raised two or three billion. So go figure. He knows something I don't. Finally, uh, two crazy stories uh, back to back. Uh, two huge disasters in uh, the business space. It seems like everything is uh, people flipping the car right now. CNN Plus might be on the chopping block just three weeks after launching. And we're going to cover Just Eats and their acquisition of Grubhub, which just happened. And now they want to sell the company. I don't understand what's happening in the world. Everything is coming apart. Everything is coming apart. And that's why you need our amazing show. So stick with us. You're, you're going you're to learn a lot of things today. Lots to learn. This Week in Startups is brought to you by Open Phone. As a startup founder, a lot of mistakes are easy to roll back, but using your personal cell phone number as your company number isn't one of them. Open Phone makes it easy to get business phone numbers for you and your team, right on top of your existing devices. Visit openphone.co slash twist to get 20% off your first six months. Coda. Coda is the all-in-one dock for teams. If you've got a stack of niche workflow tools, or if you're buried in docs and spreadsheets, Coda is the dock that brings it all together. Startups can get a $1,000 credit at coda.io slash twist. And Odoo. Odoo is a fully customizable and fully integrated suite of business apps that lets you build and scale your stack as you build and scale your business. Your first app is free forever, and right now, Odoo is offering $1,000 off your first implementation pack at odoo.com slash twist. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash twist. Hey, everybody. Welcome to your Wednesday episode of This Week in Startups. With me, of course, is my co-host with the most. Sub partner. Sub partner. Sub partner, uh, Molly Wood. She was just on CNBC talking about Netflix. I'm going to talk about it here. Netflix, uh, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, my Twitter stream went bonkers. And I saw the headline, down 200,000 subscribers, unexpected growth of 2.5, and the stock tanking 25%. Molly, what is going on here? Why did Netflix miss their numbers so brutally? What's the background here? Gang. So this is, uh, we should say, Netflix's first ever drop in net subscribers. So that wow. all by itself is a shock to investors, right? That like, after it doesn't only go to the moon? <laughs> ever growing, it turns out yeah. these numbers can go down. Yeah. It is astonishing, though, that it sounds like investors were still expecting effectively pandemic type growth. 
they were expecting huh. two and a half million additional subscribers. And then Netflix right. was like, actually, we lost 200,000 because we raised prices at exactly the wrong time, which we can discuss in a minute. This is uh, overall Q1 revenue increased 9.8% year over year to 7.9 billion. That is growth. They didn't lose money. They lost subscribers, but it's growing at a much lower rate than Q1 2021 when they grew at 24.2%. Um, net income was 1.6 billion. The operating margin was 25%, which was not a drop in performance. We actually have a clip, if we want, of CEO Reed Hastings, co-CEO, I believe. Mm. Um, Reed Hastings trying to make sense of these numbers, about 38 seconds. Okay, let's let's hear from Reed. COVID created a lot of noise and how to read the situation, you know, boosted us a lot in 2020. Um, and then in 2021, uh, I think we, you know, thoughtfully said it was mostly pull forward, uh, which was the logical conclusion. But now coming into 2022, that, you know, doesn't really hold. So then pushing into it, we realized, you know, with uh, all of the account sharing, which we've always had, that's not a new thing. Um, but when you add that up together, we're getting pretty high market penetration. And that combined with the competition is really, you know, what we think is driving uh, the lower acquisition and lower growth. So this is a hot button issue, Mm -hmm. um, the sharing of accounts. Mm -hmm. They have made it very simple and they've never policed uh, people adding accounts because like Microsoft or Adobe in the past, what they realized was the people who are taking the time to pirate software previously, steal MP3s previously. Uh, or, you know, piggyback on their parents or friends, Netflix accounts, those people probably didn't have the extra money available to buy it, or um, they eventually would, and they would not want to share because they wouldn't want to share their preferences or whatever, there'd be some reason to offboard them. But in a growth situation, if you're growing anyway, it's kind of like you're marketing to those people and and you're part of the zeitgeist. In mm-hmm. other words, they're using Windows or they're using Photoshop, and eventually they'll wind up paying if they get enough value from it. So there's a sort of like, be a little permissive. Um, It's okay to have a little bit of leakage. Yeah. Now what they're realizing is, when you start to hit what I call the natural audience for any service, in other words, the people who need it, uh, when you have 100% penetration of those people, like we do for phones and laptops and internet connections, movie theaters, Barnes and Nobles, Starbucks, you hit saturation. When you hit saturation, okay, how do you deal with that? You either have to find a new market. And listen, they're, they've got libraries in uh, Latin America, Europe, uh, in Asia, they're really going for it internationally. And that's been a big focus for them. So they did realize, hey, let's find new subscribers in new locations, because we're going to reach saturation in the United States like Facebook did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So then you have a choice. One, you can charge more for the product. Okay, check. They did that mm-hmm. over and over and over again until people were like, wait, what am I paying? Right. Which is interesting in and of itself that people don't know like what they're paying for the service. It's which is a sign that the service is good, right? We talked about this with Amazon Prime. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Hey, you, you know, if it, if they doubled the price, increased the price 10%, like there, there's some percentage that you might be annoyed, but you're not canceling. So that's pretty great product market fit. And then the second thing you do is you would look for that leakage and breakage and you would start charging for that people who are sneaking into the amusement park, so to speak, uh, or um, using counterfeit, you know, product. And so that's what they're doing is they're just sort of cleaning up those last little bits. Now, if you do introduce friction, in other words, okay, we know this is one household with one IP address and the second IP address in another time zone is using it. Okay, 
we got that that's an easy one mm-hmm. different time zone different ip range turn it off and then people could fight over it and say like oh I, that's me I, I was traveling my husband was traveling my wife was traveling my kid was traveling but but when you see it every day okay so in 30 days 10 days in another ip address 10 day 10 instances in another geo um, you could start to say, hey, your account's been suspended, or whatever. But that also creates a lot of user animosity and friction as yeah. you go to turn those things off. It's not a perfect science, in other words. Like if you no. own two homes, do I what do I do if I own a second home? Do do I pay for two Netflixes? That's what Hulu's doing to me right now. I can't get Hulu to work on yeah. my Apple TVs in the second home. They're like, you switched your locations too many times. You can only switch locations four times, but then it works fine on my phone. Right. So then I'm mirroring, like, it's just too complicated and complex. So that has I think there's going to be a big cleanup project uh, to extract the most value. Um, and then obviously competition we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I will tell you that it's interesting because that Hulu, that specific Hulu thing, I mean, that's such an easy solve, right? Just get an authentication process right. to show that it's you, Jason, and right. not you, different house. Like that is just like, and it's been driving me crazy that Hulu does that because it's like, dude. I'm just in a different location. You could authenticate me via two-factor or facial rec, you know, like, give me a break a two-factor here. Two-factor would be fine, yeah. Two-factor would be fine. Two-factor would be fine, yeah. In the case of Netflix, like, this was the year, I think, and I've been saying it on this show, like, this was the year that Netflix got pay attention expensive. Mm. And so then they have an earnings report where they got pay attention expensive. I like cut the 4K. I was like, I don't need the 4K. Give me a freaking break, right? I actually cut it down because I was like, this is too expensive. And then you find out that you've got a hundred million people sharing passwords mm-hmm. and Netflix is like, yeah. they're freeloaders and I'm yeah. subsidizing them as yeah. a person who is now paying pay attention money monthly for this service. When on top of that, the content is constant, but it's not premium. So mm-hmm. I'm paying. So I feel like Netflix like doubled down on growing in all the wrong ways. One through the freaking black hole of more and more and more content which yeah. you actually have to figure out how to innovate on the content you have. And then on top of that, just kept getting more expensive. So now I'm paying like gourmet grocery prices for Safeway. Mm. And it just doesn't so make that sense. Is I think they're just an issue like they're the, and this is the thing I don't understand the 700, the 200,000 that went down. I yeah. remember them saying 700,000 people in uh, Russia have been removed from the service. Now, when did that occur? Did that occur during during this or after this time period? Because yeah. that would also be material. And I didn't hear it come up. So this is Q1 earnings report. And it's April now. But it's so still this 2.7 million users off either way, right? Because they had expected two and a half million user growth. And instead, they reported yep. to 200,000 loss. So either way, even if they kicked a bunch of Russians off. But if off, they lost 700,000 due to... If they lost 700,000 due to Russia, then it would be a gain of 500,000. So they would have hit 20% of their 2.5 million. So that's right. what I'm trying to get clarity on. Maybe, but yeah. It's basically the balloon is bouncing along the ceiling. There, think- is, there isn't much more value to get here from at least the US subscriber base. And so. Well, but maybe there is, though. This is what is annoying me about Netflix. Don't just make me, don't like slice and dice your tears. If you have 100 million people out there who yep. aren't paying, but they use it all the time, yep. charge them six bucks or offer yep. a tier that's like just for the library. Mm-hmm. Like mostly all we watch on Netflix is like Office reruns, like 30 Rock reruns and Love is Blind. Interesting. So just let me pay so you don't like get the first $9 run a month stuff. You get, for 
Yeah, yeah. there's a nine dollar arc. That's yeah, possible for an archive Compli- price. I don't know, but like innovate. Uh, but yeah, somehow. I'm just thinking of like how to communicate it to users is possible. I think the advertising thing is, you know, the most interesting possibility here because Disney is going to do that too. I think what mm-hmm. people are realizing is there's a cohort of people who really want free and they're going to hold out. I think you should hold the line. Netflix mm-hmm. should hold the line and not do an advertising business. I think they should see if they can clean up these free subscribers and how many they get over because here's my fear. They start going down that advertising path, they get kind of addicted to it. And then they just start inserting ads everywhere. And then people start downgrading their subscriptions to go to the advertising tier. And I just find it so annoying that I pay for no ads on Hulu and I still get ads or I pay for less ads or something. I don't know why I'm paying extra, but I still see ads. And I, I, I think HBO disney apple plus like i think they figured it out like don't put ads in this and mm-hmm. just let people pay for it because anybody can afford this yeah it's and when it's the Make same price stuff. as one hour of labor and you're gonna get a hundred hours a month or 50 hours a month out of entertainment that's a fine trade-off that's perhaps one of the best trade-offs in the world mm-hmm. i think video games are the only trade-off in terms of cost per hour like people will pay a video game video game like what's this elder scrolls or uh, elden rings or something that people are losing their minds over they sold 12 million copies of. it's like one or one or the other or both of those but yeah El- elden ring elder is, ring? people are losing their mind over this game yeah. anyway from what i understand it's like it's like one of these like free world games where you can just go crazy for hours so like people are playing yeah. it for five ten hours a day and whatever these things cost if they cost 20 bucks a month or 60 bucks to buy the game on a console like you think about the number of hours you're getting, it's a penny an hour, 10 cents an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and Netflix is one of those similar things. So um, I think I mean, the bigger I issue here is competition. Expensive. I really do. Listen, lots of founders are loosey-goosey with their personal phone numbers. They put them on company documents. They use them for sales calls. And that's terrible because it makes everything so messy. You don't know who's calling. Is it a sales prospect? Is it somebody from your kid's school? Well, open phone is here to create business phone numbers for you and your team. It works through an app on your smartphone or your desktop. It's very simple. You pick a number, you install the app, and you're done. There's no need to carry two phones. And here's a list of features I know you're going to love. You know when you create that shared email, help at companyname.com? Well, you can do that for a phone number. You can just create a phone number that's shared by multiple employees. They can field all the texts coming in, all the calls coming in, and you can look like a super professional, responsive organization. And if somebody leaves the company, they don't take the number with them. Maybe they go to a competitor. Oh, what a disaster. So here's your call to action. Open phone is already affordable at a starting price of just $10 per month per user. But Twist listeners can get an extra 20% off any plan for your first six months by signing up at openphone.co slash twist. And if you have an existing phone number with other services, well, open phone can port them over for free. So I want you to head over to O-P-E-N-P-H-O-N-E dot co slash twist today. And it's too expensive in the competitive landscape because that's Disney, it, that's it. It, right? If it was the only game in town, no problem. But Disney is giving you everything. Everything yes. I care about is on Disney Plus for $8 a month. Yeah, here's the thing. Bananas. People, people are going to spend, I believe, 50 to 100 bucks a month on this. I, and I'm talking every socioeconomic status. Uh, please don't at me like with, oh, poor people can't afford it. Like, you Well, know, sure, because uh, they're paying that much for cable it, now. So if they yes. get rid of cable, then yeah, that's where they end up. They're going to spend 50 to 100. Everybody's going to spend 50 to 100 bucks on this. And so when you're starting doing your math, if you're a price insensitive person, you just buy everything. 
So if you're in the $100 a month category, none of this matters. Like if you're a family and you're lower middle class or above, 100 bucks a year for 100 bucks a month for this level of entertainment is absurdly a great deal compared to going to the movies, going out to dinner, going to a sporting event, cable. It's just obvious. You just buy everything and don't worry about it. If you're middle class or above or lower, even lower middle class above. And then for everybody else, you're going to have to pick and choose. Now, if you pick and choose, we've been through this before. If I give you the big four, Hulu, HBO Max, uh, Disney Plus, and Netflix, you have to get rid of one. Who are you killing? If you're a family, you're killing Netflix, I think. I think you are. I, I really think you Netflix. are. And you're killing it at 20 bucks a month for sure. Well, isn't Hulu, Disney Plus, ESPN package like 20 bucks a month or 30 bucks a month? I have yeah, the package. I think so. But it's the package, you know, Easily and there's no... And I keep saying 20 bucks a month because that's the premium that the high def. I don't even I don't know what you get with basic at 10 bucks a month. I don't, like if I let's go through your top five shows for the past mm-hmm. year for you. Mm-hmm. All right. Pa- top five shows past year for you that you really enjoyed. Really, really could like had for. to sit down and watch. Yeah. So we crashed and drop out. Dope sick. Euphoria. Uh, billions. Okay. I think those are mine. And we also do my wives, you know, the ones we love watching together because we're mm-hmm. that kind of couple. You know, we watch everything together. We don't go ahead of each other, Molly. I don't know what's going on in your relationship, but we try I to be in sync. I am stalling. I'm literally <laughs> trying to figure out when to get that man over to watch Severance because I don't want to ruin the relationship over the show. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's serious so anyway, business. I look at those five. I, I just rattled them off. I don't know what channels are on, but I think let's see. I know yeah, Dope I mean, Sick I would say and like, Dropout were Hulu. Mm-hmm. Euphoria is HBO, Billions is Showtime, which I get through my Hulu bundle. And then what was the last one I said? I got to get up on this Hulu bundle. I don't think I know about this. I'm just paying for everything individually like a dumb. I liked, I mean, Succession. I got really excited about Foundation and committed to watching all of it, even though like whatever, fine. Um, We crashed in the dropout. That's one I can't watch because of relationship issues. My wife wants to watch it and I watch like the first episode and a half and... You know, it's like super dope, but we just don't have enough time. We can't even keep up with the uh, oh, Succession HBO is on. Yeah, Succession too. is HBO. Ah. There's, uh, you know, there's the Mandalorian. Disney Plus. There's Loki. There's all those good Disney Plus shows. I mean, if I think about, it, it's actually just a sheer accident that right now I've gotten into Love Is Blind, and that's all on Netflix. And that's mm. just trash. Like I want to be clear, that's the Safeway part, right? That's just like trash. If I had to let that go, I would let that go, but I would not let go waiting for the next season of Succession. Or the next beautiful Apple TV. I mean, Severance? I just My I do God. think Netflix is not focused on making great content. Or I think that's weirdly the technology. They, they they're underestimating their audience and making milk toast. Yeah. You know, Adam Sandler bullshit. Like Which, no offense to Adam Sandler, make but that, it's not but for But then me. only charge. I mean, maybe I'm maybe like my problem is that I pay for the top tier and the nine ninety nine would make me happy. And then I'd be like, sure, great. I'm paying for like happy content for nine ninety nine. I don't know what I get for that. Uh, inside analyst, friend of the pod, Lon Harris at Lon's tweeted this Disney plus, Hey, we made a TV show out of every movie you've ever watched (laughs) CBS. We've reunited the entire cast of every star Trek HBO. What if game of Thrones, but the Watchmen? (laughs) Amazon, you guys like fantasy novels because we purchased all of them Netflix murder mystery <laughs> adam sandler and jennifer Hansen. i mean come on he tweeted this in in july 2019 when netflix uh-huh. was like ripping and, yeah. and he got a ton of flack for this and then he quote tweeted it yesterday 
with, and you'll see these in the next couple of tweets, basically telling everybody, I told you so. Yes. And so here's Lon's redunk on the dunk, because this was a three-year-old tweet. Three years ago, when I tweeted this, everyone said I was crazy to doubt Netflix supremacy. They created the streaming market. Everyone has Netflix. It doesn't even matter if the shows and films are good, they said. Mm-hmm. But this is what happens when you spend years churning out tons of content, but it's all disposable and designed to be devoured in a single sitting. He's absolutely That's correct. Like such I, an interesting point, too, that came up on CNBC. The bingeability mm-hmm. is almost its own trap. Because mm-hmm. if you dole out content once a week, then people mm-hmm. have to keep paying. But if you yes. put something out all at once and you can binge it, then one, they're done. Mm-hmm. And two, it's a flywheel because you have to keep creating more content. Like if I make a cake for a teenager and he eats it all in one sitting. Yes. Oh crap, I have to make more and more and more and more. And that's kind of what they did there too, which is really interesting. They thought it was to create stickiness, but actually it just put them in this like nightmarish Sarlacc pit of having to make more content every day. So to speak. Good so pull on the Sarlacc pit. Thanks, pit. thanks. <laughs> Uh, that's on Disney Plus. But when you think about why you love Netflix previously, it was like, oh, they did all the Daredevil cool stuff. They did Orange is the New Black, House of Cards. What was their big one, right? Oh, Wasn't yeah, that their right? big original yeah, House so. of Cards? They really backed interesting projects, right? Different projects, niche projects. And now they're going for like Adam Sandler goofy movies. No offense if you like those. If that's your bag, it's all good. Uh, comedies can be fun. It's not it's my fine. bag, but it's all good. Um, and then. A bunch of reality TV stuff, like like uh, I'm gonna say it, populist trash at premium okay, sure, prices. Whatever, yeah. I'm not into okay. that, right? Like, and then, it, but then look what HBO did, right? Uh, Secession, Euphoria. Then you look at what Disney did, Boba Fett, Mandalorian, now Obi Wan, like uh, Scarlet Witch, and yeah, uh, Loki, which was know, so Loki, risky like, and interesting, really interesting avant-garde i dare mm-hmm. i say like d- marvel doing avant-garde stuff like interesting yeah. for adult adults and kids like really interesting um choices i think netflix programming sucks mm-hmm. and i think that they're caught up in like a bunch of you know other culture war things that are nonsensical i, I mean i don't know if it's woke content i think that's like happening across the entire sphere oh, but i do God. think like the Chappelle thing showed a little bit of distraction of like oh my god like are we going to make are we comedy was their thing like and I, are they going to keep doing comedy mm, i thought that was their strongest piece would There's they, would they zero ever do another Chappelle? whatsoever that netflix is going to stop doing comedy or even dump Chappelle, which they did not i don't even understand where you're getting i don't know this, if like, they give another 75 million to Chappelle. i don't know if they do it maybe they don't but i don't think that's a, a, a what i you think, think that netflix has a woke distraction problem I think there is like, I don't think their eye is on the ball of, and I think there may be risk averse for doing like avant-garde, hardcore stuff that maybe HBO Max would do, right? I think uh, that, uh, however, thanks to the noties for pointing out, they did Black Mirror and Squid Game. They when bought you, Squid Game, right? They didn't, they didn't actually make they it. They bought it. They, they bought, bought it. that. But, but they, they did, did. They do get credit it. for Black Mirror. What's going on they with Black Mirror? What Black was the Mirror? last Black Mirror series? Wasn't that like 10 years ago? So they acquired black mirror also uh yeah i'm black mirror is great uh, but they stopped making it i don't understand what happened to that anthology series i would I mean, watch I think every it's, if you want both then you make populist trash right like if yeah. growth is your goal if you want a lot of people mm. you make populist trash like there's not as right. big an audience for like really smart high quality there just isn't and so 
if you're going to do that, it's a very specific strategy. And Netflix clearly said, like, we want everybody. So we're going to make content for everybody. But they missed in the quest for everybody the one thing that actually gets everybody, which is probably sports. Yeah. Sports, I don't know if they can actually do profitably. Because I think that Google's of the world and the Apple's of the world would take sports. Oh, they can't. They, like, missed it. They missed it. Well, I think it's also a loss leader for those places. Probably. I think it's a loss leader for Apple. They want to sell more phones. You put Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, whatever. Yep. You know, if YouTube was going after it for a while, and, like, YouTube would be like, okay, if we lose a billion dollars on this, but we make 50 billion in advertising... Okay, it's fine, you know, right? It, it, drew, it drew those final group of people who don't have the YouTube app onto the app. Yeah. Like, and you can see why they didn't do it because it's stupidly expensive and a loss leader. But now all those deals are made and they're like, Oh, how do we keep growing? Efficiency is one of the main components in startup success. Everybody knows this. And that's what Coda is all about. Coda is the all in one document for teams, your text and tables live together in the same document which helps any team collaborate more efficiently. They've got thousands of templates to work with, or you can repurpose templates published by some of their best innovators out there for yourself. Coda works out of the box, and it's super customizable, so you can create a wiki or a knowledge hub for your team, you can onboard new hires quickly, and you can adapt fast to major or minor changes in your business. And here is how we use Coda at This Week in Startups. My guy Presh made a beautiful upvoting system on Coda for questions and topics on Twist. So if you go to thisweekinstartups.com slash questions, you can submit a question for the show for an Ask Jason, Ask Molly segment, or you can tell us what topics you want to include in the show. How awesome is that? And of course, you can copy that template and use it for your podcast or for your internal Friday all hands meeting, etc, etc. Coda has an amazing program for startups to help them optimize and support all of your documents. Go to coda.io slash twist to get $1,000 in credits. I kid you not, $1,000 waiting for you at coda.io slash twist. Um, and Nick points out that Netflix is mostly algorithm driven in the content creation. Yeah. So the algorithm is clearly telling them. And listen, I will happily sit down and watch whatever stupid, explodey, pretty people movie or show is on TV for years. My literal favorite show was w- the end of whatever action movie was on FX. Like I get, <laughs> like, I am all, action I'm, movie. All, I'm all in on this. I'm all in on this, but if there's competition and the price keeps getting higher, that's a problem. I just think like Nick's pointing it out too. Is this like HBO taking a lot of chances? Like secession was like a big risk. I feel yeah. like euphoria was a huge risk. Like these things were really out there. I may destroy you, which was a more niche content that didn't probably get as much attention as it should have. But I thought that was like one of the most excellent, one of the most excellent things they've done in a long time. It's just so much more risk taking there. And then even Apple in their corny kind of way, you know, with their milk toe, well, with their like family fair kind of stuff. Yeah. They kind of took a risk with Ted Lasso and with Recrash and they hit both of those out of the park. Yeah. So I just think Netflix and again, is not competing. Severance, We're not we can't competing for great content. That morning show, show show was actually really good on Apple was TV. It? Yeah. Uh, and just, foundation for Aniston in that. You know, I was prepared to hate it, and she take her. is fantastic because she's really? basically just doing well. She it's like if they turned her into herself as a morning show personality, uh, and so it totally works because you're like, yeah, it doesn't matter that you're not acting, and it oh, doesn't matter annoying. that you're face is weird and kind of can't move very well because that's like the whole point you're a morning show personality and totally works 
I'm with Gerald, one of the notices who's like, Netflix, if they just cut the crap, focus dollars on big stuff, and switch mm-hmm. to weekly releases available for binging later. That's mm-hmm. a tough pill to swallow, but it gets them a lot I of the way. I will say there's, there's, there's one show that I was really obsessed with, which was Ozark. Um, mm. Ozark is a great show. Uh, on yeah, I've heard a that's, Netflix original. I've heard that's great. It's so dark. Well, I like Jason Bateman. He's an incredible actress. Yeah, he's fantastic. The woman uh, is a oh Laura Linney. I always get her mixed. Oh up. yeah, I love her. Laura Linney. She's great. And then Ruth Julie Garner is incredible. <laughs> I mean, the performances are just next level yep. in that show. And I, I love mean, Jason like, Bateman. There's good stuff. There's just too much stuff, right? Like competition came, mm. and Netflix didn't. Netflix, I think, I think doubled down on the exact wrong strategies to try to build a moat, which is more and more content. Black hole, right? Black mm. hole of spending and growth even when that growth was free and i would have loved to see them instead like they sort of barely have that like the the watch together like i would have loved to see them roll out features that make it Mm. easier to use and the streaming experience better and like watch together and maybe one person rents a movie and maybe tears where you just subscribe to movies or you just subscribe to the library like there was so much that could have happened in the last decade and it just let everybody come in and eat their lunch here's the thing once they figured out that like action movies and rom-coms became like a draw, like the algorithm figured that out. Yeah. Then remember they did like a Will Smith action film. It was like completely Gemini man. I don't was know. That what the it one? Was. They did like two or three action films back to back. I was like, wow, these are good trailers and these are terrible films. And then the movies were not. And I have the lowest bar ever for stupid action movies. And even I was like, oh, I, yeah. I'm like that for sci-fi. And they uh, did a couple of Ryan Reynolds ones. And then they did the same thing with rom-coms where they're just like, we're going to do every rom-com possible. And I'm like, you know what? I need you to just maybe a little more polish. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of a unique spin. Bring it up a little. Just level it up. I, I, I'm dying for a great rom-com. Anybody I'm got a dying. good rom-com for me? I'm, I'm just going to go back kick-ass. and watch Notting Hill again. I know. I'm dying I'm for a watch- kick-ass action movie. Like, give me, where is Jack Ryan 2? That was Moon a Knight. great action movie. Moon Knight, Moon Knight is fantastic. Moon Knight. So I'm getting Moon all Knight my action like, fix on Disney. Here's the thing with Marvel and Disney. Like, you think they're going to make the same cookie cutter Marvel stuff, like, because the movies kind of did get predictable. Like, oh, we're going to laugh. We're going to have quips. We're going to have a big battle sequence. It's never going to end. It's going to move quickly. We're going to introduce new characters, fan service, the end. Yep. Two more fan services. Really, this is the end. It was like mm-hmm. a really tight formula. And then they do the TV shows and they're like, yeah, Moon Knight's got this weird director and this thing's going to meander and be a lot of dialogue. And I was like, my daughters are going to hate this. They love it. Yeah, they love it. There's like one fight scene for 30 seconds every film. And it's like, wow, what a great development they did there. And then the same thing with the um, Scarlet Witch one, because they're like, yeah, we're going to have this concept of like TV shows through the air. And my, again, I thought my daughter's going to hate this. There's no action. It's like very intellectual and ephemeral. What's going on here? And they loved it. Yeah. So there's something they're doing. And the same thing happened with Boba Fett Mandalorian. It was like, okay, are these going to be interesting? Yep. They're super yeah. interesting and different. It's they're really interesting, interesting watching all the, it's really interesting watching all the shows pop up too from the noties. Like they canceled altered carbon, which was a really interesting yeah, risky premise, super cool yeah. action show. Like it is, they really, something about their algorithm seems to have told them to just like keep playing it safe with stupid stuff. And then it, it, suddenly the you have episode. no Black Mirror and you have no Altered Carbon and you, you're losing these kind of risky, cool shows. And at some point, like everybody ODs on candy. Let auteurs auteur. Like let some artists make weird, cool Yeah. 
That's the best advice for Netflix. Yeah. Let people make weird stuff and then see what breaks out. You got to take some more chances here. And, you know, HBO takes has incredible taste. I, when I see the HBO logo or when they play that little Tiffany like HBO thing, you know what I think? This is going to be well crafted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then when I see the Netflix thing come up, I'm like, mm, this is probably going to be bad, isn't it? I'm like, but this is how I'm going to kill 45 minutes. Train me. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix is like, I need to kill 45 minutes before I go to bed because I've tapped out on energy and time, right? Like I can't, I can't I'd rather listen do to any more emails and I'm super poopered and I'm just going to see if there's anything good on Netflix no. and it's probably going to be the great British listen. baking show. Rather, rather listen to, to a podcast. Rather listen to a podcast. Yeah, or read a book. Yeah. Um, this is the thing about like, do you remember the original HBO logo, HBO Tiffany kind of Tiffany, like when they da 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 da. Oh my god! They would, like, and you'd fly be like through the town <sighs> into like down the chimney into somebody's TV, like so good. It just made you feel like okay, something good's coming here. Mm -hmm. And I feel that same way with the Showtime logo now. The Showtime logo comes up, I'm like, oh, billions, like it's going to be good. Oh, um, a Homeland. So oh, yeah, I yeah, think right. uh -huh. like your brand yeah. has to stand for something. The HBO brand, the Showtime brand, man, those just get me pumped for whatever's coming next. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix such a good brand. point. Netflix stands for I'm time like, wasting. Eh, it's going to be a couple of, couple of, couple of, couple of, couple of, couple of, Adam Chandler. Oh, it's like, <laughs> uh, I'll just wait while you want to do more of that because that's No, amazing. I don't have an Adam Sandler. <laughs> I'm going to have to, I've never, I've never completed an Adam Sandler film. Oh I don't God. have anything against Adam Sandler. He's a cool guy. You are I such just, a liar. You've never finished Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison? No. What? Specifically those. Actually, the one I love those is the one movies. everybody, Adam, every Adam Sandler film, Funny People is my favorite Adam Incredible. Sandler film. Incredible. I do want to see Uncut I Gems. felt like that was heartfelt was and that was him doing like Bill Murray. Uncut 50 First Gems. Dates. There's great. some great Adam Sandler. Like I'm not, 50 this first is not dates, bashing. Mm, was he in Forgetting Sarah Marshall? No, that's Jason. No, that's Jason. Sedate. What's his butt? No. Seagull. Seagull. Not Sadiq. Are you for scuba? <laughs> Are you oh for God, scuba? This is terrible. Listen, when you start scaling quickly, your company needs to be run professionally. And Odoo is the software that helps you maintain control of your fast running business. Odoo suite of business apps let you run your entire company on one platform. This means you don't need to keep adding a bunch of different SaaS products. Everything you need is already on Odoo. All you have to do is turn it on when you're ready. Odoo has over 40 main apps and over 16,000 apps from their open source community. We're talking about sales, accounting, marketing automation, HR, website builders, and so much more. Plus, if you only need two or three apps to optimize your workflow, that's all you will pay for. Again, Odoo helps you streamline by running all your business apps on one platform. That means no more issues transferring data back and forth, and you'll have one customer support contact across all your apps, not 20. And the best part? Well, here's your call to action. Your first app is free forever. And Odoo is offering $1,000 credit on your first implementation pack. Go to odoo.com slash twist for $1,000 off. That's odoo.com slash twist. Well, okay, so while we have Back. you in the mood to do impressions. Oh, okay, here we go. I don't uh -huh. have a Jerry Kushner impression dialed in, but I'm going to just make it like a nerdy. Just like the crappy, yeah, I love this. Okay, so crappy patch. in the most exciting news <laughs> to come along and just for sheer schadenfreude, uh, Jared Kushner's $3 billion VC pitch deck, the deck that he used to raise $3 billion from the Saudis after he oh, sold them he got three classified or got information. Two. He got two from them. Two from um, them. 
I think he raised $3 billion overall. Uh, so it was leaked by The Intercept, and it is exactly as bad what as you, you know. might expect. For a little background here, last summer, former President Trump's former top aide and son-in-law, Jared Kushner, of course, formed this global investment firm called Affinity Partners. It raised more than $3 billion in funding from LPs. It targeted large American and foreign LPs. It sounded like mostly uh, where the where most of the money came from. Last week, the New York Times reported that six months after Kushner left the White House, Affinity closed a $2 billion investment mm. commitment from the Saudi crown prince, despite objections from the fund's advisors who were like, hmm, this no. guy seems like a dum-dum. <laughs> I All might right. be paraphrasing. But that's basically what Give they the said. Deck. I, so I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do a cold. Do the I deck. Mean, I've, I've, I've skimmed the deck, but I'm going to do this cold. I'm going to pitch Affinity Partners, right? Oh my god! Okay, Here I'm going to be. Go. I'm going to play LP. Wait, I you have can my play Amber LP mug. from the um, Sovereign Wealth Fund of the Kingdom Saudi Arabia. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> let's huh. let's ever be uh, LP from <laughs> Yale Endowment. <laughs> LP from Yale Endowment. Perfect. Wait, I'm switching out. I'm okay. switching to my smart person specs. I got a lot of specs oh, here in here. Okay. Members of the Yale Endowment, thank you for taking the time today, especially uh, chairperson of the board, Ms. Mollywood. We appreciate your time. And I'm super excited to share with you the opportunity to join Affinity Partners. Now, if you're asking what we're going to do, we're accelerating transformation through connectivity. And let's look at each of these words, accelerating, we want to go fast, we want the future to arrive quicker. And we can only accelerate that is if, if we transform everything. And how will we transform everything? Well, we're going to network it together through connectivity. Because this accelerated transformation can only happen if everybody participates in it. And we want to bring everybody along. So here is your opportunity. Affinity invest in opportunities where we can add value. That's right. We are not going to invest unless we can add strategic enablement. Now you're asking, these two words sound terrible together. This makes no logical sense. What is strategic enabling? Well, we're going to enable people to think strategically because most people who are building businesses are not strategic thinkers. I guess. <laughs> Here on the <laughs> left, you see in this incredible fan fold, and we do think about the fan, because we want to blow smoke and oxygen and build this fire even hotter. We do not want to invest in the early to mid stage venture space where all the opportunity is. And no, we don't want to do buyouts. No, we want to exist between the early and the late stage. That's why you see our logo there doing strategic enablement. I just, I'd like to, um, if I may yes, interject questions. for just a moment. You can I hold your question. questions to the end or you can ask me now. Yes, we'll take questions um, now. Just sure. a quick one before we yeah. move on. Is okay. that a real word? Well, you know, we uh, would like to creatively create a new vernacular that we can all agree on to really take advantage of this unique opportunity in the world. And strategic enablement, uh, we think summarizes it best. Most people are incapable of thinking strategically, but through the accords and the peace in the Middle East, which I created, uh, along with the Saudis, 
you saw that strategic enablement in work, uh, you know, just really at work. So can, our unique experience continue. and perspective allows us to tie macro and government policy trends to economic themes and investment opportunities. We know the big picture and how that will trickle down into economic themes and investment opportunities. Uh, this isn't easy. <laughs> I'm, gonna, <laughs> it's just like, I'm having a hard time slinging this bull. Holy crap. <laughs> Woo. Okay. We Woo. approach opportunities creatively based on the concept that aligned economic interests can solve intractable problems and create mm. previously unrealized value. Yes, that is a full sentence that some human being wrote. Okay. We approach opportunities creatively. So we, we do not come at them with, you know, a boring playbook. We do it creatively. Right. No cookie cutter and crap here. No, we're not, we're not, we're not drawn inside the lines here. Uh -uh. Um, but we look at these opportunities, Molly, you understand. And certainly Yale can understand this. Mm -hmm. We are going to creatively approach these opportunities. On the concept, is this even good English? <laughs> that aligned economic interests. In other words, everybody thinking with their pocketbooks. If everybody is creatively thinking about their own self-interest, if I can translate mm -hmm. what I mm -hmm. wrote, uh, we will solve intractable problems. These are the problems that nobody can solve. Global warming. Uh, so if you primarily think about your self-interest, you'll definitely work together better. So, yes. If you're thinking only about your economic interest, you'll solve the problems that nobody else can solve. Oh. And this will create previously unrealized value because unrealized value by definition is previously unrealized. It's kind of implied, but we wanted to put more words in here and make the sentence even more words. harder to understand. And you know what? You know what people love in slides? Lots of words. We wanted That's to go for like a long sentence classic. that was impossible to follow. And that we think is the best undecipherable statement in the deck actually so Bravo. you can just put a little yeah Bravo. put a little post-it on mm -hmm. it but let's see if we can one-up it uh <laughs> we integrate our geopolitical experience i worked for my father-in-law whoa, whoa. Uh, global connectivity which is kind of like i can send an email to anybody um and then it could be subpoenaed uh, by the government <laughs> and um problem solving approach with rigorous private equity growth investing driven by an experienced team and analytical research process. I don't even know what I read. Like literally four words later, I still don't know where I started. Hold on, let's try one more time. I just keep putting up the red flag because I, I just can't put it's it away. It's crazy. All right, try that again. Wait, wait. try that again. We I'm sure we can get this. We can get this. This is the worst written sentence, actually. The previous one is terrible. This is worse because this one wraps four times. Four we time. integrate our geopolitical experience. Okay, integrate our... Okay, we're experienced. We're worldly. Just to take those four words, we're worldly. We have traveled a lot. The world is yes. We've been we've and been around met a lot of world. politicians. Yes, we've been around okay. the world, and the world is connected, and we have a problem-solving approach with rigorous private equity growth investing, and problem-solving, rigorous private equity growth investing driven. That makes no sense. The sentence is not proper English. Oh, wait, I think I got it. I think I got it. I and think I got it. problem solving approach with rigorous They're private like, equity growth investing driven by an experienced team and analytical research process. Yeah, that's part two of the sandwich here. So that so bread one is the geopolitical experience. So they're like, A, 
We have geopolitical experience, global connectivity, and a problem-solving approach. And then when we combine that with rigorous private equity growth investing driven well, by an experienced team and analytical research process, then ba-boom! Can I interest you in a period? Like this could be two sentences. <laughs> or a comma. <laughs> or a comma. Or maybe just take out the word global connectivity because what is that serving there? What we does that even mean? And also yeah. like we have an email account and sometimes, and what is problem solving approach? Like you need an adjective there, a good problem solving approach, uh, innovative, unique. uh, yeah. like unique, like a tried and true. We just have a one. Battle tested. Okay. I just have well, one. Anyway, let's so put up a slide. Let's this continue. slide is value add partnership, not value oh, added. It's just value add partnership. We consider this a, between who? Affinity's unique network and experience makes us a differentiated partner for companies navigating the rapidly evolving global political and economic environment. Drawing on operation geopolitical experience of the unique affinity network, driving international expansion and accessing new markets, navigating critical government challenges and opportunities, we pay people off, offering unique problem-solving experiences like smoothing over a coup inside of the kingdom and getting you out from under that bone saw murder of a journalist. All of these value adds are possible in our partnership. Mm -hmm. This is another terrible mm -hmm. slide. This makes mm -hmm. no sense. We identify transformation opportunities in technology, media, telecom, healthcare, blah, 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 all the ones. Affinity partners focus on five key verticals Ooh, and seeks to identify specifics. Wait, I'm sure we're going to get specifics here, right? Five key verticals. Yes. Five secular winners okay i'm okay. trying okay. to find high growth companies and scalable markets okay so you want high growth you want companies that are growing in big markets got it all right don't if we all I, if i may interject here from my yes, position as yes, yale uh, investor ms wood from uh yeah i've noticed that as your five key verticals you've uh, identified technology media and telecom healthcare financial services and yes. institutions consumer services and sustainable yes. energy and growth infrastructure aka every industry in the world yes we're 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 focusing on these five which encompass all categories yes uh, all but, but we're but we're narrowly focused on these five which define all opportunities globally in the history of humanity we left out tulips <laughs> but we are focused we're focused on five. Actually, to be one. fair, there's no crypto on here. So, so in fairness, but we put that under financial oh, wait, services. Financial services and if you double yeah. click on the slide, yeah. you'll see. Hold on. Oh I my God. My, and here is your flywheel. Uh, and here's uh, page eight, uh, slide eight. This is where we have our obligatory flywheel. Technology innovation leads to rising expectations, which leads to leapfrogging <laughs> progress leapfrogging progress wait you're gonna what? jump over progress <laughs> we're leapfrogging now i mean this is the stupidest <laughs> i've ever read i mean i can't happen i'm a i'm a writer and i'm so insulted by the words on this page <laughs> who wrote this this is literally written by some <sighs> person whose parents photoshopped the, i guarantee you this is written by somebody whose parents photoshopped them into a lacrosse photo in order to get them into an ivy league school this person is the worst writer on the planet. Let me try this. This is wow. Uh, all over the world, accelerating innovation breakthroughs, accelerating innovation breakthroughs. So we're describing breakthroughs. Uh -huh. Okay. The breakthroughs that themselves the are breakthroughs right. that are innovation based and mm -hmm. that are accelerating. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> are causing massive changes to the way we live. 
No Why example with the given. passive voice? Why with the passive voice? Our sure. understanding of the nexus oh God. of industry and country <laughs> trends provides differentiated insights. Wait a second. We needed drinks for this. Our understanding of the nexus of industry and country trends provides differentiated insights. Is, wait, is that a proper sentence? Is that grammar? I just want to go back and say that this raised $3 billion. I mean, not well, this no. really. It's the selling of the classified secrets and it's the active of there was a $2 billion payoff in exchange for getting them off the hook for the Khashoggi murder and also evidently some really classified information. I mean, somebody investigate this. I mean, literally, I mean, ev why this are everybody's absurd. kids? Why are the kids of every president <laughs> grifters and, and the, and the son-in-laws? This is. Just grift central. Nick, Nick says right. we have to uh, right. cruise to the diligence slide because Every that traditional sounds I'm just going to read this on amazing. slide nine. Every traditional industry will be transformed by new technologies in the next wave of the industrial revolution. This this statement was incredibly valid in 1992. Um, <laughs> our approach. <laughs> oh my God. This isn't even a funnel chart. What is this flow chart? Whoa. Affinity investment system. Whoa. Ooh, we have transformational opportunities in every sector on the planet. Affinity carries out a thorough and in-depth assessment of potential investments and examines a range of quantitative and qualitative factors. Mm. This is it. Literally, as if someone mm. asked them, just write that you do diligence in the most convoluted and hard to understand way possible. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sourcing and screening of investment opportunities results in weekly investment discussions. They have a <gasps> weekly meeting. Every week resources, and they put that in the slide? Yes. And then resources are allocated based on that. Preliminary investment review. P-I-R, that's peer, peer. We do our peer and investment memorandum. If you give it an memorandum. acronym, it'll sound like a real Then thing. the investment committee gets the investment memorandum and the peer, and then it goes back and forth. I wish that's that what everyone listening did. to this would be watching the video because you've oh. got to see the f***ing arrows on it's this slide. It's just so dumb. Like some arrows go down and then some are like, but the, but the preliminary investment review, <laughs> we have an email. Oh my God, and they have the, an org chart too. And the investment memorandum, which is a deal memo. And then the committee, what they do is they email each other and then they talk and then they write a memo and decide. I mean, you put this in a slide? I mean, this here's so how an investment this is decision how to do works. Work at a job. Affinity carries out a thorough God. and in-depth assessment of potential investments and examines a range of quantitative and qualitative factors. Well, well, there's a decision-making process. Here are a bunch of disturbing sociopathic looking individuals on slide 15 um this should appeal to any dictatorship um these men will do whatever it takes to win and have um not been convicted of any felonies yeah uh here's a general who is 20 years older than that photo uh, and has no idea what we do but we gave him $75,000 a year to put him in the deck. Uh, here's one woman who works on our team in operations. Uh, she's our CFO. She's super annoying, um, but we needed a woman in the company. So we put her, we added her. Um, you don't know she's annoying. Oh, there I'm he is. I'm just saying this is Jared Kushner's Ding. Yeah, he's like, he's I don't like, like having here's my 12-person team. Here's like my token lady white around, woman. But I do. Yeah. We, we, none of us like her, but you know. She's our and mom. then Jared gets his own slide. And then here I am. I have no discernible um, 
intelligence and or ability except being born into the lucky sperm club my dad made money in real estate and i married another guy. he went to my, jail my wife's dad made money in real estate and they both committed a lot of crimes it seems yeah uh the end all right here's some disclosures i am a complete dip um but i did uh smooth over the khashoggi killing and i got you a billion dollars worth of armaments and i made you a partner to the united states and the end you owe me two i owe you two billion uh let's see if they can figure out a way to stop us so the end. on this note i feel that i now want to read word for word some of the concerns that the new york times noted that the okay. advisory panel uh on from the saudi crown prince fund raised quote the inexperience of the affinity fund management the possibility that the kingdom would end up responsible for quote the bulk of the investment and risk due diligence on the fledgling firm's operations found them quote unsatisfactory in all aspects which there aspect? was all oh, yeah. the all aspect yeah. the, i think like, we covered that on slide 15. i call that the two red flagger <laughs> the double we barrel found nothing yeah everything we looked at was concerning was a disaster <laughs> it's like can you imagine you go into a house and you're like it's kind of a fixer-upper and like you're like okay what needs to be fixed up you're like well the foundation and the plumbing uh the electrical and the roof uh <laughs> and the mold <laughs> and the windows <laughs> and oh all God. the appliances but other than that other than that's fine it's just like a light remodel <laughs> they noted that the proposed asset management fee quote seems excessive and finally, that there might be a, quote, public relations risk from Mr. Kushner's prior role as a senior advisor to former Trump, during which he completely Improved. botched, for example, America's <laughs> pandemic response leading to in, he's like, like a million. What is the price uh, for you? Uh, what do I owe you for the <laughs> Khashoggi and the armaments? What is your commission again? I'm and sorry. Listen, uh, my investment. Yes. My payoff. My IOU is what? What's my what's my tab? How many like, bottles of a word salad Cristal? is okay. not a two fatal billion one point five rounded up to two. <laughs> you're, I, this sounds like you're uh, like my you're uh, you're my Adam Saudi Newman Prince. a little bit. It's my, it, yeah, it's Saudi I don't hate Prince it. slash I don't Adam hate Newman. It. It's my generic Middle Eastern. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't think that a word salad is necessarily disqualifying. Like our you know our producers are pointing out that this is sort of McKinsey speak. Like I hate it, right? But apparently people raise money on this kind of crap all the time because McKinsey is still in business. But like, what do you do? They do nothing. This is basically like give us a couple I'm, of billion dollars so that we can just yeah. smooth over relationships. Which, by the way, no, you can't because you're not your dad is not your father-in-law is not an office like i don't understand here's what? my new launch for a pitch deck oh, I, this God. inspired me to make it even more selling spoken. we invest early we build a large position we sell uh after we return 50x and we start clearing that position and we're trying to invest in many more early stage companies so that we can have many many more large positions in those winners the end the end we meet companies early and build a position in them over time. Yeah. We try to be as supportive as possible and help them avoid mistakes. We believe in proper governance so we know, so we can protect LP's interests. And we know when a company is doing well so we can make them unsolicited offers to invest more money in their companies. The end. The end. 
Oh, we have really smart people with proven track records. We have a track Here record. Here are their CVs. <laughs> we we have a track record. We, we have a track record. That's 60, a good one. We have a track record. We meet with 60 companies a week. We invest in the best one. Ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> meet with huh? 60, invest in the best one. Mm-hmm. It's not rocket science, folks. Here like, are literally, some... that's going to be my new pitch. That's it. It's not rocket science, not folks. Rocket science. <laughs> meet 3,000 qualified companies, invest in the top 50. I mean, you could even boil Ta-da. it down to, we invested in this many companies and we made this much money. Yes. The cash end. In, cash out. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's really. This is our IRR. Here's our. Drop IRR. the mic. Exactly. Here's the IRR. Uh, Bless God. America. All right. Speaking about um, just absolute utter shows. Uh, and I, I'm reticent to, to dunk in this because people think I'm going to be just dunking on a certain individual. But media is my beat, obviously. And. Uh, Axios has reported that CNN Plus, which you may or may not have heard of, probably haven't, uh, is in danger of being canned just three weeks after launching. Molly, bring us through uh, the incredible Axios reporting here. Yeah, this is a phenomenal scoop by Axios. So the facts, as we know them, CNN Plus launched March 29th, just over three weeks ago, $300 million and then some $300 million plus has already been invested in hundreds of jobs. Thank you. To create the service, CNN Plus has about 150,000 subscribers so far, paying either $6 a month or $60 a year. It was actually, at- fact check, $3 a month if you signed up in the first month. I mean. Oh, okay. So there you So a lot of them are probably only paying $3. However, think, at $6 yeah. a month per user, let's even say $3 million a month per At $6 yeah. million, that would be $10 million in yearly revenue. Sure. I'm going to go back to they spent $300 million, So mm-hmm. that's not great but you know i think you could safely file this maybe under slow start and you got to build to success however uh a couple things are going on all at the same time cnn is under new management because discovery ceo david zaslav became the new ceo of the merged entity it was under the warner media umbrella which was owned by at&t until about two weeks ago when this merger was finalized so what they did is they started a big launch a long time ago, probably a year or more, maybe two or three years uh, of a product. And then they have new management coming in. CNN also has this new incoming CEO, Chris Licht, who starts on May's Mm -hmm. first or second. So it launched during this kind of turnover, executive Mm -hmm. turnover, and it's having a slow start. And now, according to Axios, Warner Brothers Discovery has suspended all external marketing spend for CNN Mm -hmm. Plus, has laid off CNN's longtime CFO, Brad Ferrer, and replaced him with Discovery's CFO, Neil Chagani, not, you know, unheard of in a merger. Um, and Axios also reported that other high-level positions at Warner Media are likely to be eliminated to cut costs mm-hmm. and streamline leadership, all of which is leading to the potential conclusion that after three weeks and $300 million, CNN or Discovery might be preparing to take Plus out back and shoot it. Mm. All right. Wow. Um, yeah. I gave my mini review. Um, wow. You know, they, I think it was like one of these situations where they executed extremely poorly, but there might actually be just adjacent to what they did. I think with three iterations, two or three iterations, they could actually build a product that would be worth paying for. Mm-hmm. Now, let me explain what that is. Um, I paid for the service. I checked it out. I buy every service, some, you know, cover media. They did magazine style shows in the style of Anthony Bourdain, 
not realizing that in order to make a magazine style show work, you kind of need somebody as the host who is so absurdly compelling that you cannot take your eyes off of them. And mm -hmm. you can't stop listening to what they're saying. The magic of Anthony Bourdain was he was a writer. It was him. Yeah. But also he's a writer and he wrote mm -hmm. his own monologues. Mm -hmm. So when you consumed, you know, an Anthony Bourdain magazine style show, you were listening to an essay with gorgeous visuals. Travel is one of the few places where a magazine style show works. And if you look at the confluence of events that happened with Anthony Bourdain, he was a unique individual in all the world. So personality. He was a gifted writer and actually put the work into writing his monologues, which were so compelling. It's amazing. And then yeah. the one genre where you really can make this work is, I think, travel. It's incredibly visual. And you can pick a place and, you know, Sometimes people will just look at their Apple screensaver and say, wow, look at the harbor of Hong Kong. It's gorgeous. So that combination of those three things, you put those three circles together, Anthony Bourdain's in the middle. Now you try to recreate that. And what do you wind up with? You know, like, uh, you they got the Tucci show, which is nice, but not must see. None of them. Well, the Tucci, I think, you know, is trying to do something similar and he, yeah is like unique as a personality, but not a writer like Anthony Bourdain. So it's missing that piece for me, but it yeah. is beautiful. And yeah. it, the, the Tucci show is actually not Anthony it's Bourdain, but it's, it's, fine. it's, it's almost there. Yeah. yeah. Um, now they then did Prof G in that format. Uh, the guy, um, uh, who I like, who does state of the, uh, Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper, who I like a lot. He's an interesting personality. They did him on a book club. Uh, and then they did um, Anderson Cooper doing parenting. Now I mm -hmm. watched all three of those shows from start to end. None of them were good. Okay, why aren't they good? They felt like they were not written by the hosts. The hosts were not super compelling. J Jake Taper was the most compelling to be if I'm being honest. But then they kind of milk toasted it because it was like 21 minutes or whatever, like very short. And I just thought podcasting is much better than all of this. Jake Tapper's book club had some potential. Um, and so I think over time, if they kind of let it run, it could work. But anyway, I think those magazine style shows were the worst of what they did. Yeah. And they were lazily put together. There wasn't like a soul to any of them, with the exception of, I think, Jake and, and maybe a little bit Anderson. Putting those aside, they just weren't well executed. They did do live news like we're doing right now with the noties and comments, but they didn't let raw comments through. Right. You had to put a question in and then they would anoint the question. So what happens? There's no risk. There's no energy. And those shows were kind of interesting, mm -hmm. even without that, because you're like, okay, it's people at a desk responding to questions, and they were doing the, you know, the smack by Will Smith. Um, so, you know, obviously, it was like a interesting topic that was right of the moment. But then the, the guy who left Fox News, who I like, Chris Wallace, mm -hmm. he was not putting his live show in front of that format. So they just had him on like he was normally on cnn or fox with no questions being allowed so they should have done here's cnn you get c and you don't get cnn with cnn plus which is the most confusing thing ever that would be like buying hbo max <laughs> and not getting sopranos it would be like buying disney plus and not getting mickey mouse like yeah. talk about it like 
an idiotic expectation. So it's not even like CNN. a bundle? It should have just included CNN. It should have included CNN. Without ads. So when they went to ads, they should have just shown you the studio, like a wide shot, which is what you get on NBA League Passes. It's really interesting. Like, we'll show you the arena. They should have just shown Anderson Cooper moving his papers, getting his makeup touched up. It would have been dope yeah. to have CNN on and see the thing in the background and see him getting prepared for the next show. Of course, the talent maybe wouldn't do that. My idea was you take the, you know, have like an anchor desk that does in between commentary when the anchors on CNN go to commercial. Mm -hmm. So imagine if you and I went to, instead of if you and I took a break here on this live thing and Rachel and Justin came up as producers and just talked about the next segment and queued it up and talked about the previous segment, the audience would be like, oh, wow, it's kind of behind the scenes. -y. You know, actually, Leo Laporte used to do this on Twit. He would show you the studio live mm -hmm. and he would be live the whole time. I mean, sometimes people would clip him having conversations or yelling at somebody and be like, oh, he's chewing somebody out for, you know, so, but anyway, uh, it's a complete disaster. It's not worth paying for. Uh, whoever came up with a creative idea should be fired, but there is There's something about something a news there. network without advertising that would be super compelling. I agree with you. And I think that it would be a mistake to take it out back and shoot it now because I think there is really a way to, you know, there's been a lot made of the fact that Chris Licht wants to come in and he did this actually with the CBS uh, early show, which is now called CBS This Morning, I think, um, took it from Fluffy Bunny magazine show to a news show, like really yes. put a lot more news on there. And he wants to do the same thing with CNN, like get rid of some of this like super an analysis, evening programming, Cuomo and all that. Yeah. Um and make it because what used to happen, you kids will not remember this, but there was a time in our world when news would break and you would turn on CNN because you'd be yes. like, oh, my God, I need to know what's happening. The yeah. news. Right. I don't want to know what people are thinking about the news. I want to know the news. And that completely stopped at CNN. They leaned into personalities and analysis. And then, you know, Trump came and it was like, oh, that's all we'll just that's all we'll talk about. Yeah. I would love an option where CNN is the mm. news mm. and CNN plus is the analysis. Yes. Like take that and then put your magazine shows there. Sure. But also have your round tables, like bring all mm. in, like buy all whatever, in, yeah. not buy yeah. it, whatever. Right. But some License version it, yeah. of a show that is really like, if I want to, cause what I feel in the news landscape right now is that all, I don't know anything. Mm. I just know what people think about things. So right. give me a channel where I can find out what's happening. And then right. let me like have we, an add-on. We queue up the facts. Like we go through the facts here the on the show and we give you the facts and then we'll do a little analysis. But they're just doing all analysis and opinion and it's... On both. I think that, but it, I think there still is a chance, right? There still is yeah. a chance to merge these two products to make mm -hmm. CNN more newsy. Yeah. And then have plus B analysis, roundtables, magazines. It's a great idea. Great right? idea. That would That's be a great way do. if you could just That's flip the do. channel back and forth back and forth okay i just want to go straight news so whatever's in the news just like the bbc does on their channel or cnbc is doing like a more news desky feel yeah. where you're just rolling through segments boom 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 10 minute segment five minute segment get me caught up so anyway i i think they have to iterate twice on it i think just kill all these magazine shows and start over yeah um and uh, but they're yeah. probably just gonna kill it because they're so weird right now it's like such a weird management disaster yeah, I mean, I guess these are good businesses. They get to like a million or two million people watching them at night. But I, you know, it's it's kind of laughable that like Joe Rogan gets ten million people listening to an episode, 
you know, Ben Shapiro or the New York Times Daily probably gets to like low millions. Like they actually get more listeners than CNN does, and they're spending yeah. all this money. I mean, for three hundred million dollars, they could have come and bought thirty of the top podcasts in the world for ten million dollars, right? I mean, think what you and I could have done with three hundred million dollars to build a content Same. empire. Forget ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, and uh, how much of that actually wound up on the screen? I have no idea. But uh, you know, we. You know, like as a but an example, like this show probably gets similar, you know, ratings to CNBC and all in goes way past it. Right. Um, and so, you know, the, the podcasting area is much more interesting. And I think you if they had made CNN plus mm-hmm. in an era before podcasting. Yeah, you might be like, oh, wow, I can get a little deeper into tech. I can get a little deeper into books. I can scratch this itch, you know, of, uh, you know, 30 minutes on one topic, food, whatever parenting but now right. it's like if you type in parenting there must be 50 incredible parenting you know companies and like let's face it face it c- cnn could have bought could have done what spotify did they bought gimlet for a couple hundred million and they bought the ringer mm-hmm. cnn could have bought the ringer mm-hmm. or gimlet and had a much better content strategy than what they made at home which means the people who work at cnn are not good at making shows yeah full stop well, and they, clearly they are think- not good at making shows and you can see, I know everybody, I know listeners that our content roots are showing here because we can't let go of this because it's such a miss that it's just like, I, I will obsess upon this forever. The only thing I've obsessed about more today is the leadership change at the New York Times, but that's different. Um, what? I, There's a leadership change at the New York Times? Yeah, yeah. They're getting a new, Bakay is retiring and they're getting a new executive editor. And the, the New York Times has declared that everything is fine at the New York Times. It's perfect. So we're just um, basically putting in the ultimate like longtime insider who won't change a thing. Um, I just bought 9.1%. Great plan, guys. Great plan. I just bought, I just bought 9.1% of the non-voting shares. <laughs> All right. Exactly. Um, I'm, CNN, I'm doing a futile takeover. The other thing that's crazy about CNN is that clearly by developing clues, instead of buying the ringer, instead of bringing in new exciting talent, instead of yes. like seeding new ground, they were like, everyone loves our stars so much. They don't. They don't. Everyone they loves don't. our stars so Full much stop. that they'll watch Jake Tapper, who's a, an, a, a hardcore political commentator at this point, yes. right? He's the opinion slinger. Yes. I don't give a about his book club. Anderson Cooper is a wartime reporter. I don't want to know. I'm not interested in this parenting. parenting. Like, yeah. get what the hell? This was another like mistake. They they should have looked. I mean, here's a. There's so many strategies that would have worked better that you just have to think that there's just utter complete incompetence. At yep. CNN in terms yep. of making shows and then anybody who's working there must be there just for the paycheck and to not work because there was so little craftsmanship put into this stuff that or thought you could have just went to the podcasting ranks and found five podcasts and just licensed the frick out of them seriously for less money. I mean, they only made like six or seven new shows, I think. And if you just had to get seven shows, well, then just go straight down the line one in the best one in each category and buy a license to them and put them there yeah um and the when you look at making a show like these magazine shows you're talking about mm, you know it's a it's a running gun shoot so you probably have i would say between six and twelve staff you know like doing this run and gun produ- type of production mm-hmm. uh on the street Maybe with Anderson Cooper, it's more. Maybe he demands more. But you can do running gun style magazine shows with a with a tight group, six people, twelve people. Yeah. Um, of those six to twelve people, I would say, let's just say it's ten people. Nine. I of did them, one. I did one them, with five. 
You did one with five. For I which? did one with five. It was a half hour always on. It was a half hour magazine style show, broadcast quality show. We right. were a five person crew. Right. So somebody like CNN is going to double that, right? Because they're just going right. to be Because they're just going to throw money away. Yep. Yeah. They just, they, we do it the right way. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's say they have 10 people. Yep. Of those 10, how many are doing the content, the words, the moments? Two. One or two. How many are doing the sound? Two or three. How many are doing the video? Four or five. So you have eight people doing the sound and audio and capturing it. And you have one or two people making it plus the host. So you arguably have like two or three people. And then when you have podcasting, it's the opposite. You have like one person recording it on zoom or whatever, doing the audio and the editing. And then you have four or five people doing the content. That's the right ratio. More of the dollar Molly has to go into the content in order to compete against you know, someone like Bill Simmons or us or whoever, you have yeah. to put more money into the production of the words, the actual opinions, the content. That's where the magic happens. And they're yep. doing like, you know, flyby shots and drone shots and lighting. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. Lighting, you know. Oh my God, you got two lighting people and so much equipment. Oh yeah. And they're holding the thing up. I'm working with $30 in lights here, I think. Well, that's not true. $130. Um, Jay, I just want to shout out Jay and the Nota gang for this lovely compliment. And I think it's freaking true. Given how well Twist is run, I imagine it would take out Bloomberg with a $300 million budget. Well, let's get there. Let's do it. Let's do that. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's do it. We got, we got, we got, uh, Rachel reporting and training where we're building up our bench. Look how fast the producers pulled that, that comment up. Like I scrolled way down for that. Boom. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Okay. Let's talk about just eat takeaway announcing they're looking to sell Grubhub. Wait, what? Yeah. Speaking of headwinds, friends, this makes no sense. Okay. Well, to the wait, because wasn't Uber trying to buy Grubhub at some point? This was like in play, so. and then they went with Just Eat Takeaway. What happened? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Just Eat Takeaway uh, finalized a seven point three billion dollar acquisition of Grubhub just okay. ten months ago. Just Eat Takeaway is that Netherlands-based food delivery company that agreed to acquire Grubhub in June 2020. Took a full year for the deal to be realized. Everything was looking great for food delivery during that year. The deal was an all-stock transaction over the last year. Just Eat peaked at about $20 billion market cap, now trading at $6.5 billion, roughly. And then earlier Wednesday, Just Eat sent this note, quote, the management board confirms its alignment with shareholders in wanting to both create and realize value from the company's highly hmm. attractive portfolio of assets. As hmm. such, management is currently, together with its advisors, actively exploring the introduction of a strategic partner into and or the partial or full sale of Grubhub. Interesting. There can be no certainty that any such strategic actions will be agreed or what the timing of such agreements will be for their announcements will be made as and when appropriate. Womp womp. Okay. So is, I think I translate that as we've made a terrible mistake. Or uh, Uber was trying to buy it, I believe. And I think DoorDash was considering it. Mm-hmm. And perhaps they're looking at this situation saying, we bought this for 7 billion when our stock was and it was an all stock deal. Our stock is worth what now? What's the total market cap of the two companies? I guess the question would be. And mm-hmm. then do they think by selling this to Uber or DoorDash or Lyft or somebody else who wants to be in the space, would that create more right. value? Right. So now currently they're trading at about a six and a half billion dollar market cap. And Combined? this deal has, that's the total for Just Eat. 
which has finalized this agreement. So yeah, combined six and a half billion. So that would be combined. So they had a twenty billion market cap. Now they're down to six point five billion. They mm-hmm. bought it for seven billion. So the combined entity is <laughs> worth more than the value of the purchase. But they purchased it when they had a twenty billion market cap. So they probably gave up a third of their company for it. If they did all stock, right? Mm-hmm. Seven billion would be a third of twenty one billion or something like that. Yeah. So now they're probably thinking our stock is undervalued at 6.5 billion. Could we sell this for what we paid for it, 7 billion, and then double our value? Or I could guess. we sell it for 4 billion and then our market cap goes down to 4 billion or 5 billion and then we have 4 billion in cash? Anyway, it uh I thought it was bizarre that Uber Eats or DoorDash didn't get this or somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, they also announced in the update year over year numbers for just eats Q1 order growth and gross transaction vol- volume were super disappointing. Total orders mm-hmm. decreased 1% year over year from 2021 to 2022 from 267 million to 264. So when your business gets flat, man, that is the kiss of death in the public markets, private markets. I just had this conversation with the founder. I was on a board call the other day and I was like, listen, if we're flat, how do we expect to raise money? Like yeah. there's other businesses that are growing. We have to get this growth turned around. You, you can't be flat and expect people to invest. And that's just, yeah, that's just gnarly. Is, uh, I mean, I think we have to ask this question. I have two questions about this okay. one. Did everybody literally think the pandemic was not going to end? Because the, the short term thinking in terms of making a seven and a half billion dollar acquisition yep. based on pandemic purchase trends. Yes. Raises questions to me. But also, so, okay, so in that one, what I would say is they did, they had experienced a massive uptick in their value. Uh-huh. And they did an all stock transaction. So it wasn't like they burn, they paid cash, right? right? They didn't so, pay cash. So that's smart. But yeah, at the smart. same time, they did an acquisition based on growing this particular business food delivery, yes. yep. which has been a kiss of death business for decades, like you and it's, I have it's lived a through low margin business that and you need scale. And operational efficiency. Are we about to discover that? I mean, I really sincerely believe the landscape has changed based on just how much I use (laughs) food delivery. Mm, But I also, are we about to learn this lesson all over again? That like ride hailing and food delivery, that these are businesses that just don't work at scale? No, they work at scale. They don't work without scale, uh, with an asset heavy infrastructure. So mm. the problem is if you pay for the cars, which is what, you know, like Webvan did, they they own the vans. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when it's asset heavy, it's very problematic uh, because you have just too much infrastructure cost. And without scale, you know, if you're making two or three dollars per delivery, like, well, who cares if you're doing a million deliveries? But if you're doing a billion deliveries and it's global, well, yeah, that's going to be pretty great. And if people are buying and riding in your app, so I think being either or is challenging, but being both is kind of the big win. So I think that's why Uber's probably cementing its position. Um, like you have to have something else. You can't just be food delivery. You can be food delivery and ride hailing. Or maybe Just Eats was thinking you can do this at mega scale. You can do it if you have enough volume yeah. to make up for any margin weakness. I mean, DoorDash and Uber Eats are both crushing it and they're both, um, you know, increasing prices and Uber and Lyft have been increasing prices to get to profitability. So the profitability is just starting to happen with those businesses because they are not being subsidized by investors anymore. 
So I think they'll both be highly profitable businesses, uh, DoorDash and Uber. But I do think if you're just one, it's a little bit harder because you have to, every time you acquire a driver, every time Uber acquires a driver, they acquire them for two potential missions, food or people. And if Lyft, it's one mission and DoorDash, it's one mission. So you just don't have the same operational efficiencies. This is why I think Uber is going for the um, super app as well. Mm -hmm. If they can get you to buy your ferry ticket as well, your hotel, your, you know, uh, get a restaurant reservation, all of that's going to be the super app. And Uber is going to mean booking something. It's not going to, you know, Uber will mean booking something, you know, yeah. getting something done is what Uber will ultimately mean. Um, so I'm still long on it. I do think these businesses are hard to do. And, and that's the defensibility of them, right? Is if you do figure it out, it's hard, but it has to be asset light. That's the major issue. Once you start, yeah. you know, and you have to charge the right fees. If you, if people complain that it costs $40 to have their food delivered or $30 to have their food delivered and they want it to cost 10, well, there's not enough in the United States, in a major city, $10 ain't going to get it done. It's just not going to get it done. The person who's delivering the food needs the 10 bucks and the company's got to make 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. So there needs to really be 20 bucks in fees and, and profit on top of you picking it up. Yeah, it has to be more. But to our point way, way back in the beginning of the show, everything has to be a little more expensive. <laughs> well, I mean, and then you, you can't sit here and complain like, oh, we want no immigration and we don't want any you know, people who are starting on the first rung of their career. Well, if you don't want immigration, and you want people who are high school educated, or perhaps even college educated to deliver your food, you're not going to be able to pay the minimum wage, you're gonna have to pay the minimum wage plus plus plus. Yeah. And if we want to have unions, and we want to have a standard of living, and we want people to have health care, well, okay, you're not going to get your DoorDash or your Lyft or your Uber ride for the same cheap price you got it. So as a society, we're making a decision to to bake in a lot of costs. And mm -hmm. uh, it's probably the right move, actually, that things are more expensive. I mean, now, that, that article consumption about goes down a little bit. Exactly. The article about the death of the subsidized millennial lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, so is what? more true every day. Like it just it was never sustainable free delivery and yes. super cheap Uber rides like those five dollar fast sweatshirts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hoodies. Sorry. Oh, God. Sorry, millennials. <laughs> oh, no more five dollar hoodies for you. No more hoodies for you. Dom. I love Shout My out guy. to Dom. Somebody, somebody. I don't know who Nick like, loves more, Dom or Adam Newman. Adam Newman. It's like a, it's a tough one. My two favorite, my two guys. I love you're two, you're two homies. <laughs> oh my god, that would be great if we had the failure panel at All in Summit. It'd be great. It'd be Just amazing. Dissecting failure would be an amazing. We're the failure is a good thing in our business. I thought so. Somebody they should was be saying, totally hey, game for I it. Can get Adam you. Newman, the guy did build a massive business. Dude, he secured the bag. He got 1.7 billion he on the way the out. He's my hero. Awesome, awesome product. I can't say awesome business because they were I, losing. We love Adam Newman. Awesome. We work I as a understand. great product. I will stand by that. Perfect product. I, I stand understand. by we work as the perfect product. I understand. And Molly also had a Rivka, Rivka. In we, we grow. His, uh, we grow. He did a couple months ago with. Um, with the book. It's freaking incredible. Yeah, he was so good. I well, understand. Like 20 minutes in, I'm oh, like, I'm I didn't in see on that guy. one yet. Well, don't, we but that's, where I'm, that's why I keep saying I understand. So don't play a drinking game with I understand in that interview, but it is phenomenal. He, like, I, you know, I, how, we should do a watch it's party incredible. for that. With it's the a 28 minute interview. And I sat there like 
riveted with um the the best interviewer on CNBC. I can't. Yeah, uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin. Andrew Ross Sorkin. He's yeah. he's and he challenges Adam. He's good in the interview. It's a tough interview. Oh, yeah, Ad, Adam Newman I puts on IRS. I understand. I with IRS. I like him. He's great. Right. He's incredible. Also, though, and just side note, the visual of the interview is amazing because Andrew Ross Sorkin is not a big man. And Adam Newman, of course, is a freaking giant. He's like yes, six, yes. seven or whatever. Like an and orc. so the, the, like, in addition to him being so fascinating, you almost have to go back and watch it over again just to like appreciate this small man in this huge chair and then this huge man in what looks like a small chair because the, visually it's amazing. amazing. Jason, he hits him like directly about buying buildings on, under his own name and then leasing them out to WeWork. And the answer, <laughs> Andrew, Adam Newman Andrew. Gives, we grew, we grew no, fast. No, no, no. You have to understand in real estate, we have these connected it's party amazing. systems. He says something like that. He's like, no, no, this is normal in our business. That's not to worry about. The press makes it. Don't worry. It's growing and nobody had a problem when it's growing. Okay. <laughs> Babushka. He's so calm and collected throughout the whole thing. I'm like, this is legitimately awesome. This guy. Rules. It's so great. I would invest in anything he did. With the understanding that he's going to screw me in some way, but I'm still going to be up to next. He's definitely going to screw in some way. When they crawl, knee pads for babies. I understand. Every time, I like, understand. he hits him with a hard question and Adam's like, Andrew, I want to say to you, I understand. I understand. People I have Adam. concerns. I, understand. I mean, it is Shout incredible. These are my DMs, you guys. We get closer <sighs> to the all-in summit and we're like 30 days. Uh, we're coming in on like the 30-day window. We're dialing everything in. Now all the people who want to speak are coming out of the woodwork and like, people are like, Hey, uh, you want to have, I can get Ryan Breslow. And I was like, hard pass. <laughs> and they're like, Hey, I can get Dom. I was like, hard pass. <laughs> I was like, no. Get Adam Open Newman. I beg you. Adam Newman. Get keynote. Adam. Adam all Newman yours. keynote all in summit. 100%. Yes. I may have we another, this happen. I we may have another major drop coming. Please don't. That's all I'm saying. Oh God. I may I have another drop. Can we get Jack? Literally a nightmare. I, I'm going to, I'm going to work on Jack. I'm, or I should say I'm working on Jack. I, I think we might get a couple of more drops are coming. A couple of more cool drops. But you're, did you go to the space? We can talk a little bit about All in Summit here as we wrap the show up. Did you go see the space? Were you seeing that today? Nick? Yes. Nick said it's incredible. Amazing. Great. Okay. It's amazing? Okay, good. Yes. All right. Uh, we have a couple of things for you to review in the Slack, okay. actually. Okay. Toby points out also, that we may have to have Adam. Adam Newman would be at the three parties. Yeah, now we're just Toby. Toby just pointed out we need to. We're gonna uh, just have to get a lot. Let him plan it. We just need to plan it. He'll just just be like tequila. Cell phones at the door. No cameras. Tequila. (laughs) It's gonna look like the summer camp. That's accurate. (laughs) Whatever that. Also, whatever that two foot bottle of tequila is that they kept drinking. Like I want Casamigos. Is that Casamigos? That's my drink. No, is it like a thousand dollar piece? I don't remember. And it's like two feet tall. Don Julio? No, I don't know. No, no, the one that looks like a mantelpiece, Jason. You, you always well, there's the it. No, there's the white one that looks yeah, like a mantelpiece. Yeah, yeah, that one. That's but Casamigos. But look like a brown one, though. No, it's not Casamigos. It's something oh. else. Casa Azul? No. Casa Azul. That's exactly what it is. Hold on. Yeah. I gotta look Casa, at it. It's image. Casa Azul. It's exactly what it is. But the Casa Azul also comes in a brown bottle in addition you to the Ornette. You actually one. are right. It's Don Julio. The one that they're drinking. Hold on. I'm putting it in there right here. Don Julio, 1942. Yes, that is the, uh, there, yep, there's two. That's the one. Yes, these are the two. In the movie. Yes, and here, are, here are two in the same picture. So Casa Azul is the white one with that silver top that I think you can actually use to drink it out of. It was like a shot glass. And then the one he likes was the Don Julio, 1942, 
which is that brown Añejo. amber bottle that he was like pouring yeah. on the steps outside his office. Um, and yeah. by the way, it's like $200 a bottle. Yeah. Which so is why cheap. you have that scene where they try it and they're like, oh, mm -hmm. damn. Yeah. There you go, I mean, folks. a good Añejo will change your entire uh, outlook on tequila. Like once you yeah. realize it's a sipping drink and not a like mm -hmm. mixing throw up drink. Yes. It's not for shots, it's for sipping. If you're doing shots with that stuff, you're crazy. Hey everyone, producer Nick here. I want to tell you about the SaaS syndicate. If you're a founder of a SaaS company with a product and market, our investment team wants to talk to you. Head over to the syndicate.com slash SaaS, S-A-A-S, to apply to raise from the SaaS syndicate. And you can join Jason's syndicate of over 9,000 accredited investors at the syndicate.com. Producer Justin here, no cool startup. Check out OpenScouting.com, where anyone can refer a startup to our investment team here at launch. Even if you don't know the founder, if you're the first to flag a company for us and we decide to invest, you'll get 5K in cash or 10% of our carry. Hey everybody, producer Rachel here. Are you an early stage startup that has product and market, some traction, and are looking to raise at least $500,000? Apply today to Remote Demo Day for your chance to pitch to over 9,000 investors in Jason's syndicate. Submit your application at remotedemoday.com. Our next event is on April 27th. And if you want to learn how to invest in startups from the world's greatest angel investor, and no, we're not talking about Chris Saka, then head to angel.university to apply. The four-hour workshop costs $300 and all proceeds are donated to charity. To date, we've donated over $175,000 to various charities and you can see the full list at angel.university slash charity. 